Hello and welcome to this 50th installment of Barnards on the NBA. I am your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hi! That's uh, that's him. Uh, Mills, how do you feel about uh, reaching 50 episodes? Quite a milestone for us. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of uh, wonderful uh, looks into basketball history uh, and uh, some of uh, some discussion of basketball and uh, in its current form uh, on this uh, on this feed. And we encourage you to uh, dig into the archives. We've got a lot of good stuff in there. So yes. we're going to continue uh, by uh, uh, continuing with our with our series where we look at the uh, best NBA and ABA players who've attended various colleges and universities. Uh, we're going to look in, in this episode at two Massachusetts institutions, uh, UMass out in Amherst and Holy Cross in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, not a ton of players from each of these schools, but we're going to go through and uh, use our typical format, build out uh, starting lineups, uh, starting at center, followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Uh, without further ado, Mills, let's, uh, let's jump into this. Who did you have at UMass Center? Marcus. Camby. All right, let's talk a little bit about Marcus Camby. Now, this guy was a uh, major presence in the NBA for quite some time, played 17 years in the league. I mean, Marcus Camby, and I mean, four time All Star, I mean, four time block champ, actually, no, no times that is All Star. Um, 06, 07, Defense Player of the Year, four time All Defensive Team, and 96, 97, All Rookie. Yeah, I mean, taken uh, number two overall out of uh, UMass in 1996, uh, drafted by the Raptors in, uh, early in their franchise history, uh, was part of a very notable uh, UMass team that got to the Final Four under Coach John Calipari. Of course, he's gone on to a uh, lot of high-profile jobs uh, since then, currently the coach at the University of Kentucky, uh, one of the plum jobs uh, in college basketball overall, but Marcus Camby, one of those guys who uh, who helped establish him as a uh, as a big-time coach and went on to have a fantastic career uh, for himself. Obviously, you mentioned he was Defensive Player of the Year uh, in the 2006-2007 season. Notable for me in, in looking back at that, I mean, look, look how old Marcus Camby was in that 2006-2007 uh, season. He came into the league in 96. He's so, 32. Yeah, 32 years old. So really, I mean, a, a guy who maintained quite a bit of value deep into his career. I mean, in looking at, uh, you know, all these players through history that we have on this podcast, how many times have we seen players who have fallen off or, you know, gone out of the league completely by the time they get to 32, much less uh, winning defensive player of the year? Yeah. I mean, he played till 38. Played until he was 38. Yeah. I mean, 973 regular season games in the league and uh, a whole, whole bunch of playoff games too, as, as you know, would be the case. And uh, really, you know, in a terrific position on a bunch of all-time leaderboards as a result of having played all those games at a high level. Uh, looking at him and, uh, you know, 13th in blocks, uh, 13th in blocks per game, uh, 14th in total rebound percentage, uh, 12th in uh, defensive box plus minus, uh, 35th in uh, defensive rebounds, just raw rebounds, uh, 52nd all-time in uh, total rebounds. So a guy who really put up some numbers over the course of his career. No doubt. And as you mentioned, I think uh, the, the four block titles – for uh, Marcus Camby, I and mean, we talked about it uh, on this podcast before, how rare it is to see someone up over three blocks per game. Well, Marcus Camby did that five times. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, Ma yeah, major shot. One block. year um, not winning that, I mean. Winning the block title yeah, despite I mean, three blocks per game. Probably some other pretty good blockers in the league. There usually is. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, uncommon to see a shot blocker who's as good as Marcus Camby. Um, yeah, just a, a, a terrific player. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know. How, how strong would you say his Hall of Fame case is? Um, 
I don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to make yeah. uh, the Hall of Fame. I mean, his Hall of Fame percentage on basketball reference is 0.1, but uh, out of um, 100.0. So, I mean, not great, but yeah, I don't agree that, I, I agree that he's probably not going to make the Hall of Fame. Because, I mean, just like, I don't know, just not good enough all around. Actually, related to Nate Thurmond in um, Winchers. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, Mills is uh, looking at uh, basketball references, uh, most uh, similar career performance arc and looking at the uh, arc of Nate Thurmond's career, uh, similar to Marcus Camby in some ways. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, Marcus Camby is one of these guys who um, probably, I mean, maybe not, not a Hall of Famer, but I mean, certainly there are worse players than Marcus Camby who are in there, especially when you factor in uh, his college play. I mean, obviously a major factor in college was a uh, first team all America in, uh, in, uh, 95, 96, uh, in college his, his uh, junior year before making his way to the NBA. So, uh, I, I think someone who, you know, is worthy of consideration, certainly. Yeah. Uh, so I of course had, uh, had Marcus Camby at, uh, at the five as well. Let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, what might be a little bit of a tougher call at, uh, at the four meals. Who'd you have there? I had, Stefan Lasme. Yeah, now Stefan Lasme. He he actually didn't make my squad, but I uh, kind of like this guy. Let, let's talk a little bit about Stefan Lasme. Yeah, well, um, he I don't really know why I put him on my squad, but I did because he is listed as power forward for a bit of his career, and um, I mean, put up five point two points per game for his career. I mean, playing for one year. Yeah, I mean, a six foot eight, uh, 215 pound guy, uh, actually very close in age to uh, me. I feel like he and I actually have quite a few similarities. Uh, born just three days after me in uh, 1982. Uh, he's from uh, Gabon. I mean, I'm, I'm not from there, but uh, uh, definitely some similarities. Went, came over and played, uh, you know, at, at UMass, of course, uh, went from UMass uh, onto the NBA. But prior to that, actually played at uh, Emmanuel College in the uh, Boston area. So another, uh, you know, school that started with E. Uh, in the Boston area around the same time as me too. So, uh, you know, aside from the uh, height differential and, uh, you know, skill level and all that stuff and, um, you know, feeling kind of similar to uh, Stefan Lasme. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I mean, I guess you can relate to him in some ways, like you said, but I mean, probably not as good as playing basketball. So, I mean, he got, he got to the NBA. You claim to have got to the NBA and played on the Jordan Bulls, but that is, um, Untrue, and uh, yeah, I mean, only playing one season, but I'm playing with two teams. Definitely, and I went on to uh, play quite a bit overseas as well. I mean, uh, you know, lengthy career overseas, which uh, extended until uh, as recently as 2019. Uh, played in Greece, was uh, the Greek League MVP back in uh, 2013. Ooh. Greek League Finals MVP in 2013 as well. Uh, yeah, so d definitely had a notable career, uh, you know, won, won the Euro Cup as well. So a, a notable career overseas, if not a, a particularly notable one in the uh, United States, in the NBA. Yeah, that's a nice career overseas. So uh, I did not have uh, Stefan Lasme, as I mentioned. I instead had Gary Forbes. Now, uh, when it comes to uh, these UMass players, uh, you kind of got to be uh, flexible with uh, where you're slotting them. Not a lot of choices for uh, some of these spots. Gary Forbes, not really a four. Uh, played a little bit at the four. I mean, the play-by-play -play data shows us he's uh, played about 7% of his career minutes at the four. So I squeezed him in there. Mills, I saw you had him at your uh, at the point, right? Yeah, I had him at the point. Oh, he played 8% of his minutes at the point. So a guy who could swing uh, a bit positionally. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Gary Forbes. Yeah, um, also went to Virginia. 
he went to Virginia as well, and uh, yeah, played there for his first two years, and then um, went to UMass for his next two years. And I mean, was pretty good in college. I mean, coming out of UMass, I mean, averaging nineteen point four points per game in his last season in college. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a guy who uh, you know was was capable at a, of contributing at a reasonably high level in, in the college game, not as much in the NBA. Although, I mean, you got to give him credit. I mean, he had 111 regular season games. Yeah, and he averaged 5.8 points per game and and two rebounds a game. Yeah, so uh, definitely uh, got got some time in. I mean, I remember him a little bit from his uh, from his career. Actually, a uh, guy from uh, New York City, from uh, from Brooklyn, went to high school there. And uh, yes, I mean six seven uh, two twenty, so uh, you know had, had decent size for a couple of different positions. And uh, like uh, Stefan Lozme, uh, went on to uh, play, you know, a bunch overseas. Yeah, um, I think playing overseas right now. Yeah, that's right. It appears he's in uh, he's in Panama playing for the uh, the Saigon Heat. Actually, is is he in, is he in Panama or did he just change his uh, his naturalization status to uh, Panama? Yeah, he's playing in the uh, Asian uh, Basketball League uh, AS. E-A-N, uh, Basketball League, which uh, I guess is in uh, Southeast Asia. So guy's still playing his trade at uh, age 36, so uh, still balling out. I think he's also played some in the uh, the basketball tournament. A number of uh, players we've talked about on, uh, on on the show have played in the basketball tournament at one point or another. Uh, it's a, it's a, a tournament uh, like for, for TV that uh, in, involved, uh, you know, just bringing teams together, sort of takes all comers, and uh, it's a, a d- different type of uh, basketball tournament than uh, – than we've seen typically in, uh, in in the pros, but kind of allows for some of these guys who didn't go on to uh, as notable uh, pro careers in the United States to uh, to, to play a bit. Um, let's uh, l- let's keep moving here, unless you have more on uh, Gary Forbes. Um, no. Okay, so uh, who do you have at the three? I had Julius Irvin. All right, Dr. now when, when you're talking about UMass, this is uh, this is the guy. Let's talk about Dr. J. Hall of Famer, 16-time All-Star, eight, um, 1983 NBA champ, two-time ABA champ, seven-time All-NBA, five-time All-ABA, 96-97 ABA All-Time all, Team, 75-78 All-Defense. 75-78? Yeah, 75, 76 all defense, 71, 72 all rookie, two time All Star game MVP, and four time MVP. Four time MVP. Four time MVP. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of uh, pulling together some ABA and NBA uh, stats there. Dr. J, uh, you know, probably the greatest guy, a greatest player to uh, have played extensively in the ABA as well as the NBA. But, uh, I mean, this guy was an all-star every year of his career. I mean, you know, no, no matter what league he was in, what he was, I mean, where, you know, what he was doing. I mean, uh, just a, a dominating force. I mean, I, th- I think for me, you know, you know how great Dr. J is. I mean, you've seen his moves, you've seen his highlights. I mean, you've seen his style, you know, how he influenced the game. I mean, sort of, uh, you know, bringing, uh, dunking and sort of finishing from, uh, from some distance, like, you know, finishing and getting to the basket from, from a little bit away, uh, kind of brought that into, uh, into the game much more than it had been previously. But, uh, just his overall production. I mean, it's really not just about the style with uh, with Dr. J. I mean, I guess everyone who uh, who actually watched him play would uh, would certainly be well aware of that. But the production is uh, is stunning, really. I mean, from, yeah. from Dr. J. I mean, averaging twenty four point two points per game and getting up to 
31 points, nine points per game. Yeah, I mean, played, uh, you know, uh, extensively, I mean, uh, 1,243 regular season games in his career. So a really long career. I mean, uh, you know, got it done in the in the playoffs as well. 189 postseason games. Uh, began his career with the Virginia Squires, then made his way to the uh, to the Nets uh, of the ABA before uh, making the move to uh, to the Sixers, where you know he had his uh, his NBA run. I mean, long NBA career, uh, despite you know having it preceded by five ABA seasons. I mean, had uh, you know eleven full seasons with the uh, Sixers in the NBA. And uh, really, I mean, established his legacy as a, as, as a legend uh, there. Yes, for sure. And, I mean, we are running two different numbers, kind of interesting. And uh, he has a cousin that also um, – Jeff Halliburton. Also played in the league. I don't know too much about Jeff Halliburton. But uh, Julius Serving, as we were mentioning before the show, uh, from uh, from Long Island. So, uh, you know, a guy who, uh, you know, is a, a homeboy of, of, of ours. I mean um, – and uh, owner of some of the great uh, great nicknames of all time. Yeah, Dr. J, classic. The Doctor, JW, The Claw, Black, Black Moses, Houdini, Little Claw, Doc, Julie. I think Little Hawk. Uh, Little Hawk. There, yeah. yeah, and, and just looking at his, uh, you know, positioning on uh, some of the all-time leaderboards, uh, you know, some some incredibly impressive placements. I mean, sixth all-time in field goals, eighth all-time in points and steals, 13th all-time in, in uh, value over replacement player, 14th all-time in win shares, uh, 17th all-time in uh, free throws and steals per game, 19th all-time in PER, 21st all-time in minutes played and points per game, uh, 22nd all-time in offensive win shares. I mean, this guy was uh, yeah, and- filling the stats wherever he played. Yeah, also to mention, um, I was watching this video about his life earlier, and I, um, he, like, he was, like, called, like, the claw, like, on the blacktop, and he, like, didn't like him, and he was, he wanted to be called the doctor. Yes, I heard that as well, yeah, I mean, I think Black Moses was also a nickname of his around that time, and he, yeah. uh, he just wanted to be called doctor, and, uh. He, he got it. Yeah, he, he really did, I mean, you know, he, he became Dr. J, and, uh, and that certainly stuck through the years, uh, one of the most stylish players in NBA history. And uh, certainly a guy who has some of the great highlights of all time as well. I mean, you see his highlights. I mean, they're just ubiquitous uh, when you're watching NBA coverage. I mean, there there are so many uh, times where it makes sense to uh, watch him, uh, you know, finishing over Bill Walton or doing that sick finish underneath the hoop or whatever. Uh, Definitely. Dunking. Absolutely. Just uh, an an incredible player to watch. And, uh, you know, someone who, I mean, it's still kind of shocking to me that he's only uh, 71 now. I mean, I feel like. You know, obviously he played before uh, before my time, really. Although he was uh, literally still in the league while I was alive in the uh, tail end of his career, but uh, yeah, I mean, still, uh, you know, not that old yet. I mean, seventy one, but a living legend to be maybe sure. Maybe can come back. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, they'll get him in the big three or something. All right, so let's, let's move on to uh, to the two meals. Who do you have there? I or just. My- you had the um, Dr. J here as well. Of course. And uh, at the two, I had Al Skinner. All right, let's talk a little bit about Al Skinner. He won a title. He did win a title in, in the ABA as uh, as a member of, of the Nets. I mean, he played actually with uh, with Dr. J uh, during that time and uh, went on to play with him, I think, briefly in Philly as well uh, later in his career. But let's talk a little bit about what Al Skinner did on the court. He was um, pretty good. I mean, getting up to um, – uh, 12.6 points per game and uh, was pretty good overall and uh, could definitely score it. And uh, 
could also rebound it and could also pass it quite a bit for a uh, shooting guard. Yeah, another uh, Long Island guy, actually, uh, Al Skinner, who made his way to uh, UMass and then uh, obviously played with Dr. J in the league, too. So uh, similar tracks uh, taken yeah. by uh, Dr. J and, and Al Skinner. Uh, Al Skinner, a 6'3", uh, 190 uh, shooting guard, so uh, you know a bit smaller than uh, Dr. J, and obviously, I mean, nowhere near the impact that he had in the league, but uh, you know was a big-time player at, at UMass and uh, certainly one of the most accomplished players to have uh, come out of UMass and uh, gone on to play in the ABA and NBA. Yeah, no doubt. And um, Dr. J, four, four inches taller than him. And, I mean, a much tired. Also to mention, this guy's nickname is Smoke. Yes, and uh, should, should mention Dr. J, uh, the number 12 pick in the uh, 72 draft, uh, Al Skinner, much, much later in the 74 draft, uh, with the 160th pick. In the in, 16th, ninth round. Uh, 16th pick of the ninth round, exactly. Uh, yeah, so Al, Al Skinner actually notably uh, went on to uh, become a, a big-time coach in, uh, in in college as well, coaching at the University of Rhode Island and then uh, at Boston College for quite a few years. So a uh, guy who went on to coach uh, quite a few NBA, uh, you know, would-be NBA players uh, after that as well. Interesting. Yeah, uh, so uh, he was my pick at the uh, at the two as well, I think, a, a clear-cut choice there. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a, a real quick break here, and we'll be back in just a moment to uh, continue this uh, lineup. And we're back to uh, continue this uh, discussion of uh, our UMass lineup. Uh, Mills, you already mentioned that you had uh, Gary Forbes at the point. Yes, so, I did. So uh, we'll, we'll get to my point guard here. And I chose uh, Lou Rowe, who's uh, not really a point guard, uh, mostly a small forward, played uh, just 66 games in the NBA with the uh, Pistons and the Warriors in the uh, mid-'90s, uh, taken with the uh, first pick in the second round, 30th overall in the uh, 95 NBA draft. Mills, any, any thoughts on uh, Lou Rowe? Um, not really. I mean, did play in the league for, uh, for a bit and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he, uh, played for, um, UMass. He did play for UMass. Actually, the uh, Spanish League MVP went on to play a bunch overseas after uh, leaving the NBA. Uh, yeah, not a particularly notable NBA career and not really a uh, point guard. Uh, I mean, but I kind of squeezed him in here because, uh, Basketball reference suggests he played about 6% of his minutes at point guard. So I, uh, I stuck him on this squad. Was it was a notable player at, at UMass, but uh, not so much in the uh, in the NBA. Went on to uh, win, um, has his number retired at UMass, was the Atlantic 10 Player of the Year while there. So, uh, you know, good job by Lou Rowe. Yes. Uh, so just a couple other guys who, uh, who attended UMass uh, who we haven't discussed yet, just uh, two more. So we can uh, get to those after we just run down our, uh, our starting lineups here one more time. Yeah, um, center Marcus Canby, power forward. Um, uh, Stefan Lasme. Stefan Lasme, small forward Julius Irving, shooting guard Al Skinner, and point guard Gary Forbes. All right, and I had um, center Marcus Canby, uh, power forward Gary Forbes, uh, small forward Julius Irving, uh, shooting guard Al Skinner, and point guard Lou Rowe. Now, uh, we can discuss as well uh, Larry Kettner. Now, uh, this, this man... Uh, Tragically, he passed away at just uh, 37 years old a few years ago. But uh, before he did that, he went on to uh, play 25 games in the league. Yeah, well, um, that's certainly a lifetime accomplishment. Absolutely. Uh, you know, taken with the uh, 49th pick in the uh, 99 NBA draft by the Bulls. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he played, uh, got, got 25 games in, uh, averaged uh, 1.4 points per game. So, uh, you know, good job by him. Yeah, Um Scored six points in the game as well. Absolutely. So uh, I know you also wanted to talk about A.J. Winder. Yes. He co has coached Nassau Community College for 
like 24 years and that's pretty impressive almost 25 maybe and i also averaged two points a game in the league and also played at fairfield for a while yeah, definitely. Another Long Island guy. I mean, actually went to high school in uh, Rockville Center. So uh, something about this uh, Long Island UMass connection. Um, yeah, just got a couple of games in with the uh, with, with the Celtics back in 1991. But as you mentioned, uh, has gone on to a pretty cool career uh, as the uh, head coach at Nassau Community College uh, thereafter. True. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think uh, unless, unless you have anything more on uh, on these guys, we can uh, take a, a real quick break here and uh, come back in just a moment to uh, discuss the players who attended Holy Cross. Yes. And we're back to uh, continue our conversation by discussing uh, the best NBA and ABA players who uh, attended Holy Cross. So let's uh, start at center. Mills, who do you have at Holy Cross Center? Jack Foley. All right. Now, this is an interesting call. Jack Foley, just uh, 6'3", 170. Out of uh, Holy Cross, a, a real Worcester guy, born in Worcester and attended high school there as well uh, before attending college there. Uh, tell us a little bit about Jack Foley. Jack the shot. Yeah, I mean, 6'3", I thought he would probably be okay. I mean, there's not that many center options. And I really wanted to get um, some other, one, another later player at um, Power Forward. So I decided to put um, Jack Foley at center just because I think he was listed at a forward on basketball reference, so I thought, mm, mm, mm. yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not sure he could hack it at center at uh, at just six three, but uh, maybe that was good enough back uh, to play eleven games back in the uh, 63 season between the uh, Celtics and the Knicks uh, during that season. Um, yeah, not a ton to say about uh, Jack Foley. I mean, pretty uh, pretty brief NBA career. Yeah, uh, was uh, third team All America at Holy Cross back in sixty one sixty two. So that's uh, that's a feather in his cap. No doubt. And uh, taken with the uh, 16th pick overall in the uh, second round of the uh, 1962 NBA draft. Um, anything else on Jack Foley? He didn't make my squad, but uh, I certainly did uh, did consider him like everyone else on uh, on these teams. Jack Foley's number is retired by Holy Cross, so that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Jack Foley uh, passed away uh, towards last the end year. of last year. Yeah, so we uh, certainly send our, send our best to his uh, friends and family. Uh, at center, I had another guy who I'm sure made your squad in uh, Tom Heinsohn. Now, uh, this is yes. one of the uh, one of the legendary winners in the uh, in the NBA. It must be said. Yeah, I had him at power forward, and I mean, he's a six-time All Star, seven fifty-six, fifty-seven Rookie of the Year, four-time All NBA, and eight-time NBA champ, and he's a Hall. He's a Hall of Famer, inducted as a player in 1986 after this exemplary career, and also as a coach. So, I mean, Tommy Heinsohn, uh guy's uh, done some incredible things in the game of basketball. Yes, for sure. I mean, Tommy, Tom, Tommy Gunn, Ack, Ack, the Hawk, Dr. Hawkenstein, and Heine. Yeah, all nicknames of uh, Tom Heinsohn. Of course, Tom Heinsohn also a beloved uh, broadcaster uh, in the uh, Boston area, uh, passed away, of course, uh, End of last year as well, uh, uh, very similar to uh, to Jack Foley. Actually, uh, died just uh, 20 days apart. But, um, yeah, I mean, a, a legendary career. I mean, uh, you know, obviously a member of those uh, Celtics teams, played his entire career with, uh, with the Celtics, 654 regular season games uh, from ages 22 to 30. And, uh, man, this guy did a lot of winning. Yes, I mean, for sure. I mean, got actually 45 points in a game once, and it was only one season in his whole NBA career that he didn't win the title. 
Yeah, I mean, or maybe one season that he didn't that he. No, that, that's right. Only only one season in his career where he didn't win a title, and uh, that's pretty incredible. Yes. Uh, so you know, really, uh, really, really stands out as uh, one of the NBA's all-time winners. I mean, I know there are some other guys who we've talked about on the podcast who have won a ton of titles uh, because of you know being involved with the Celtics around this kind of time, and guys like Casey Jones, you know, some of the winningest uh, players in terms of championships mm-hmm. of all time. But uh, Tommy Henson certainly on that list. I mean, uh, right. and a guy who uh, you know, if you look at his uh, at his stats as well, I mean, was really putting up numbers. I mean, uh, across his career as well. I mean, certainly not a uh, guy who was along for the ride. Yes, um, and also, uh, if you want to check out more about these Celtics teams, you might want to go check out our San Francisco episode where we talk about Casey Jones and Bill Russell. Absolutely. That's a great uh, recommendation. Uh, Tommy Heinsohn, a four-time uh, second-team All-NBA as well. I mean, I know you mentioned that uh, at the top, but uh, yeah, worth uh, worth reiterating. So really, really fine player of his own accord and obviously part of, uh, you know, some uh, incredible winning in his uh, in his career. Went on to, uh, to coach as well in, in the league. And uh, had some uh, had some success there too. Yeah, and uh, won two titles. Yeah, two titles as as the coach of the Celtics in uh, 73, 74 and seventy five, seventy six. With and had you know over sixty one percent of his games uh, won as as a coach. So uh, really, some tremendous accomplishments. And it should be said, I mean, all of his work in, in the league as a player and coach completed by the time he was forty three. So then went on to have you know this forty plus year career as a uh, broadcaster and as someone who's around the Celtics. So. Certainly one of um, one of the real legends in, uh, in in this area as we uh, record this just outside Boston. Yeah. Uh, so as you mentioned, he was uh, number he was uh, the power forward on your squad, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I had uh, someone else at power forward because I had uh, Tommy Hansen at center. I had Gary Witts. Now let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Gary Witts. Uh, yeah, Gary Witts. Um, yeah, Gary Witts was. Um, was okay in the league. He um, put up 2.9 points per game for his career, and um, I, I didn't have him on my team. I mean, I just don't think he really fit. Well, he's a uh, six foot seven, one ninety, uh, mostly small forward. So I mean, probably not not a perfect fit here. Uh, taken with the hundred and third overall pick in the nineteen eighty one NBA draft. Uh, yeah, I mean, what really stood out to me, I mean, it wasn't his regular season performance so much. I mean, just uh, 46 regular season games, uh, averaging uh, just under 11 minutes per game in those, and uh, just, you know, three points and just under three points. Uh, so re- relatively unremarkable. But when, when he got to the playoffs, I mean, like, he really turned it up. I mean, and granted, it was a limited opportunity for him with the uh, Bullets back in the uh, 81-82 season, but uh, he made the most of it. Yes, for sure. I mean, putting up 1.3 points per game and but, but I mean, more than that, I mean, like two for two from the floor. Okay. I mean, not leaving anything on the table there. I mean, no turnovers. You, you got to appreciate that. I mean, three rebounds, two six, assists, a steal. Six personal fouls. Hey, I mean, he's filling up the stat sheet. I mean, like this is pretty, pretty impressive performance from uh, uh, Gary Witts in the playoffs. I mean, you, you can only wonder what he would have done with more opportunities. Yeah, I think like the real thing here is like, I think it's like on this team, it's just at least between me and you, it's like Jack and Jack Foley or Gary Witts. Yeah, it is, it is a tough call. I, I went with Gary Witts as uh, is obviously the case, but uh, yeah, I, I could see uh, opting for Jack Foley as well. Uh, just you know, can't get past uh, you know the offensive performance by uh, Gary Witts in limited action in the playoffs. Just twenty eight <laughs> minutes, but yeah, he performed. All right, so uh, I don't have anything else on, on Gary Witts really here. Uh, if we want to move on to uh, to small forward, 
Yes, I'm kind of excited to say this guy's name. I like. I think I like know what how it's at. I have Togo Palazzi. I think it's Togo Palazzi, but uh, we're we're pretty close there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about Togo. Yeah, Togo, um, 7.9 points per game in his career. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 7.4 points per game for his career. Did I just say that? Um, I don't know. That was weird. Um, he was number five overall pick in the uh, 1954 NBA draft. So, probably looked pretty good at Holocaust. I mean, Tom Heinsohn and uh, a guy we'll talk about later, both coming out of that show. Yeah, Togo Palazzi, I mean, clearly uh, was well thought of coming out of school. I mean, a fifth overall pick, as you said, I mean, that, that's that's pretty high up there. And uh, in terms of Holy Cross players, 324 regular season games, uh, that's pretty substantial. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he uh, he was actually the coach, went on to coach at Holy Cross, the uh, the women's team uh, from 1980 to 1985 as well. So uh, got back involved with his uh, with his alma mater, number retired at, uh, at Holy Cross too. And, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, role player in the NBA, I mean, from the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, played the Syracuse Nationals and the Boston Celtics. Yeah, he was actually coached early in his career by uh, Al Servi when he got to the uh, the Syracuse Nationals. Good for him. And they actually put up 37 points a game in one game. That's right, Syracuse. with the Syracuse Nationals, probably uh, inspired by uh, his coach. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Wait, when did we talk about him? What episode was that? Al Servi? Yeah. Uh, it's been, been quite some time. Yeah, well... Go check out whatever I'll serve you so that was, and uh, you'll hear my thoughts on him. Uh, well said. So, yeah, uh, Togo Palazzi, uh, you know, significant player, uh, you know, relative to others from uh, from Holy Cross. Uh, no truth to the rumor that he uh, was involved in uh, in the founding of um, the uh, fast food place uh, Togo's. Uh, not uh, not related, in fact, to uh, Togo Palazzi. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's, uh, I had Togo Palazzi as, uh, as as my three as well. Uh, let's move on to the uh, to the two meals. Who'd you have there? I had Kevin Stockham. Yeah. Kevin uh, Stakem. Stockham. I'm I'm not not quite sure. Let's talk about uh, Kevin Stakem. Yeah, I mean a 1976 NBA champion. I mean. Yeah, got I mean, a also played, yeah. Also played at Providence. Um, also played at Providence, and um, I mean, play. I mean, graduated out of Providence, but played for Holy Cross with um, two years. Yeah, for a couple of years at the beginning of his uh, of his college run, as you mentioned, uh, you know, title with the uh, with the Celtics in uh, nineteen seventy six. Not a super notable career on on the court. I mean, uh, three hundred and forty seven regular season games, which is you know not too shabby. Um, no, his sure. basketball reference page is uh, it's pretty interesting because uh, shows a little gap uh, in his career between uh, the nineteen seventy eight seventy nine season and the uh, nineteen eighty one eighty two season. Uh, it says uh, <laughs> in the nineteen seventy nine eighty season that uh, he didn't play because he was waived and he was considered retired because he worked as an inn manager. What's that? Like he worked as like you know an inn is like a hotel. So I guess and it's just a very specific listing of like what he was doing during that season. Yeah. I'm, I don't think I've ever seen uh, any listing about someone having retired to work as an in manager on uh, basketball reference previously. So no, that, that, that's but we have seen somebody sitting out the season for a lot of reasons. Yes. Yeah, so that'd be uh, Robert Reed. Yeah. Um, Definitely check out the uh, 1977 draft episode to uh, hear more about Robert <laughs> Reed. Yeah, for sure. And just to mention, you have um, Kevin stay here and, uh, you had Togo Plazi. 
Yes, that's right. I did, did want to mention uh, Kevin Stakem, one of these guys who uh, was drafted uh, multiple times, drafted by the Bulls in uh, 1973, 24th overall, and then by the Celtics, which is, uh, of course, the team that he ended up joining uh, the following year in 1974 with the 35th overall pick. So uh, not too many of these guys, but there are some. Also of note about uh, Kevin Stakem, uh, from New York City, uh, born in New York, went to uh, Holy Cross High School in Flushing, New York, in my home borough of Queens, and then went to Holy Cross College. <laughs> How about that? That's weird. <laughs> went to Holy Cross University in addition to uh, Holy Cross High School. So uh, I guess, he, you know, that was a bit of consistency in his life as he made the transition from uh, high school to college. He must have liked the name Holy Cross. I guess so, although he did uh, transfer to Providence, uh, as you mentioned. So I guess he got tired of it after a while. Yeah, after probably like six years. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, I had uh, Kevin Stakem as well. I think he was a good choice here as uh, as an NBA champion and a guy who actually played some minutes. Okay, now we're at the one, and uh, there's only one man who uh, could fill this uh, fit this bill. Let's talk about him. Bob Cousy. Hall of Famer, 13-time All-Star, 8-time Assist Champ, 6-time NBA Champ, 12-time All-NBA, 2-time All-Star Game MVP, 56-57 MVP. That's pretty nice. Yeah, this is uh, one of the best players of all time. No doubt. I mean, putting up, I mean, in that last season with the Cincinnati Royals playing seven games and putting up point seven points per game. Well, it has kind of an awkward uh, basketball reference page. I know we're uh, mentioning uh, basketball reference pages a bunch in this uh, segment. Uh, shout out basketball reference. Uh, you know, it's our, our, our lifeblood here. Uh, Life. <laughs> uh, Bob Cousy with an unusual end to his career, uh, having uh, pl- finished uh, his his run with the Celtics. I mean, he was an All Star every season of his career with the Celtics. I mean, yeah, getting up to like thirteen years in a row, like nine point nineteen point four points per game and nine point five assists per game. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, you know, putting up huge numbers throughout his uh, run with the Celtics through age thirty four, then actually uh, was retired for six years before coming back uh, at age forty one. With uh, with Cincinnati Royals real late. I mean, and not playing a lot. I mean, just seven games and averaging uh, just under five minutes per game during those during that time. Obviously, that's just a you know kind of footnote to his career. Uh, the bulk of his career with those uh, Celtics teams, where I mean, he was unstoppable. I mean, this guy led the league in assists per game. How many years in a row is this? Like eight years in a row. Um. Yeah, I mean, eight years in a row. A um, eight-time assist champ. Um, time assist champ, and um, he, um, he, uh, yeah. I also, to mention, he was drafted by the Tri Cities Blackhawks, and um, um, was in the first round, fourth pick of the 1950 NBA draft, and was traded by the Tri Cities Blackhawks to the Chicago Stags for Frankie Bryant, and then he was drafted by the Boston Celtics from the Chicago. Stags in a dispersal draft. <laughs> in, the disper- in a dispersal draft. So and then tra- and so he played basically was on four, te- three teams on draft night. That's uh, well, I mean, kind of because uh, th- those those transactions actually took place uh, some time apart from one another. So I think it was just a, that he was drafted in, back in April 1950 and then was traded about a month later uh, to the Chicago Stags and then was uh, involved in the dispersal draft uh, prior to actually starting his career just in the uh, 1950 season. Yeah. So an interesting path, but obviously, uh, you know, got to the Celtics and had uh, almost a, a one-team career in terms of his time on the court with uh, with the Celtics. Obviously, that uh, th- those last couple of games with, um, with the Royals, uh, you know, that not impacting things tremendously. Uh, also, a New York guy who uh, made his way up to Massachusetts for uh, for college, a New York guy originally, 
And uh, as you mentioned, just like one of the, one of the game's greats. I mean, an MVP winner, and uh, you know, uh, obvious Hall of Famer. I mean, uh, member of six NBA title teams. And um, I mean, you got to be pretty good to have this name. Uh, name um, Houdini of the hardwood. Absolutely, and uh, went on to uh, to coach as well. In addition to his uh, playing career, not not super extensive on, on the coaching side, just uh, coaching with uh, the franchise that we uh, profiled recently, the uh, the Kings slash Royals uh, franchise, and uh, had five years with those guys in Cincinnati and in uh, Kansas City, Oklahoma, uh, before uh, you know moving on from from coaching. But a uh, Hall of Famer since uh, 1971, and uh, fortunately still with us uh, as he approaches his 93rd birthday. Wow. Yeah, uh, one of one of the uh, greatest living basketball players, I would I would say for sure. I right. mean, yes. I mean, uh, it's a, it's a, I'm not saying he's like one of the top five, but I mean he's up there for sure. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let, let's run down our teams from uh, Holy Cross again, and we can mention a few other guys. Yeah. Um. Uh. Center Jack Foley, power forward Tom Heinsohn, small forward Toga Plazi, um, shooting guard Jack Kevin Stakem. Point guard Balcuzzi, and uh, for you, you have. I had uh, at the at the center uh, spot Tom Heinsohn, at the uh, the power forward Gary Witz, at the uh, small forward uh, Togo Palazzi, uh, shooting guard Kevin Stakem, and point guard Bob Cousy. Now let's uh, just talk about a couple other guys who uh, who went there. There's only a few uh, a few left. Uh, any thoughts on uh, the Golden Greek? I'm talking about uh, George Kafton. Actually, averaged um, 14.5 points per game. Yeah, he, uh, he he did. I mean, we're talking, looking all the way back to the uh, BAA where he did that with the uh, with the Celtics squad in 1948-49. Uh, so uh, that's that's a nice job there by uh, George Captain yeah. and lived until uh, 2018, where he uh, passed away at uh, age 90. Good life. Absolutely. I mean, another one of these guys who uh, came from New York and uh, made his way to uh, Massachusetts for, uh, for for college. It was just life when he was born for the um, for the Wonder Teams. We should do a Wonder Teams episode. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're gonna get into uh, into Prof Blood at some point. Let's uh, let's talk George Blaney, another uh, Holy Cross attendee. Yeah, I mean this guy, uh, this guy um, averaged three point three points per game with the New York Knicks and um, sixty one sixty two, and uh, actually um, averaged one point three rebounds a game and scored one hundred and seventeen points, which was probably pretty nice for him. And actually had um, only two more rebounds and personal fouls in his career. Notable uh, for George Blaney. George Blaney, fortunately, uh, still with us at uh, at age eighty one right now. Uh, much younger than uh, than those guys uh, is Malcolm Miller, guy who actually is uh, still in pro ball right now, who uh, attended Holy Cross uh, not too long ago. Played last year, and he won the title with the Raptors. Absolutely, an NBA champ out of Holy Cross uh, back in, in 2019. So a guy who's still in the mix. I mean, could could reappear in the league at some point, and uh, we will see if that uh, if that transpires. <laughs> yeah, and uh, was scoring. Two points a game for his career so far, and I mean, <laughs> he's actually uh, been affiliated with uh, with the Salt Lake City Stars, the uh, the Jazz's uh, G League affiliate, as recently as this year. So who knows? We, we might end up seeing Malcolm Miller again. You know, swingman type, six seven, two ten. Uh, so you know, a guy who still has a pretty good physical profile to uh, to make it in the league. Yeah, what I was meaning to say was, I, I he's probably like a free agent or something. Yeah, as I mentioned, he's actually yeah he's with with the Jazz uh, in the Jazz organization right now. So uh, Salt Lake City star, that's a cool name. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Jack Foley. Uh, we can also uh, discuss briefly uh, Joe Mullaney. Uh, this guy, uh, another uh, Long Island uh, product, uh, Mineola, uh, Chaminade High School, which is uh, right near where we used to live on Long Island, and uh, made his way to Holy Cross as well, and then uh, onto the Celtics. 
yeah, I mean, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty brief career from uh, Joe Malini, but, uh, you know, he, he got what some a, run in the league. What about 52 assists? Yeah, just uh, 9 of 70 from the floor. So uh, maybe uh, we'll move on. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's also talk uh, finally about uh, Dermy O'Connell. Now, this, uh, this the last player uh, from uh, Holy Cross who same made last, it to the league. Same last name as my teacher. And, uh, yeah, I mean. Another uh, New York guy who made his way to Holy Cross. Yeah, and uh, 5.8 points per game. Let's just there seemed to be some sort of this relationship for New York to Mets. Definitely, definitely. I, I agree. All right, so let's take a, uh, one final break here, and then we'll come back and uh, compare these two teams to one another. Now we're back to uh, do our comparison of uh, the players we talked about on this episode, uh, talking about players from UMass and Holy Cross. Let's uh, go position by position through our lineups. Mills, who do you have uh, at center between UMass's Marcus Canby and Holy Cross's Jack Foley? Um, I think I got Marcus Canby. Yeah, it's got to be Marcus Canby there, a, a guy who's in the Hall of Fame consideration. Uh, Jack Foley, not an extensive NBA career, just 83 minutes. So clearly, Marcus Canby and uh, UMass has a one nothing lead. Let's talk about power forward. We've got uh, UMass's Stefan Lazme and uh, Holy Cross's Tommy Heinsohn. I think i got to go Tommy Heinsohn to tie it up at 1-1. I mean, great job by Holy Cross. Uh, no question there. Tommy Heinsohn, clearly the, uh, the, the choice. We can move on to uh, small forward. We've got UMass's Dr. J, Julia Serving, going up against Holy Cross's Togo Palazzi. I think you got to go Julia Serving. Absolutely. Julia Serving, a Hall of Famer, probably the, uh, I mean, right there as a, one of the best players we're discussing on this episode, certainly. And uh, oh, definitely. That, so that's going to give uh, UMass the uh, 2 1 edge. I agree with you, by the way. Uh, then we've got uh, at shooting guard, UMass's Al Skinner going up against Holy Cross's Kevin Staken. Yes, uh, I think you got to go Al Skinner here to put him up 3-1. Agreed. I think that one's a little bit closer than some of the others, but yes, I, I certainly agree. Al Skinner, the choice, putting uh, UMass up 3-1. And finally, we can look at the uh, point guard matchup where we've got UMass's Gary Forbes playing a bit out of position, going up against the uh, Hall of Famer, the great Bob Cousy of uh, Holy Cross. you got to take Bob Cousy to um, put them at a loss, 3-2. to two. Absolutely. So it, what would you uh, what would you say would, might be the result if uh, these teams uh, got on the court and ran ball? I think UMass would win just having Julius Irving, Doctor J. That, that would certainly help a lot. I mean, and having uh, Marcus Camby there at the uh, at, in the center spot should uh, you know certainly dominate Jack Foley, and uh, you'd hope that uh, you know some of the size that they have in uh, Al Skinner and uh, Gary Forbes would uh, help out in the uh, backcourt. Although Bob Cousy obviously uh, going to cause some problems there. Yes. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for uh, for joining us on this uh, this fiftieth episode. I think that's that's what we got for uh, for this one. Mills, anything you want to say before we uh, sign off? Yeah, and if you're looking for other podcasts, you can check out Favorites with Ava and Matt, or listen to more of our episodes. Yeah, we've got uh, a, a lot of uh, uh, content that's not particularly uh, you know time sensitive. A lot of stuff that uh, we, is uh, good to listen to now, even though uh, it was produced uh, sometime in the last year. Uh, looking back at these college teams or uh, the birthday episodes or. You know, we got a whole bunch of them, so uh, we definitely dig into the archives. And if uh, you have any questions or comments for us, you can uh, reach out to us at uh, BarnardsOnTheNBA at uh, gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at BarnardsOnNBA. Bye.